We're going to be in week two of our series called A Word from the Wise. Um, I'm just going to warn you up front, okay? Because I, I, my wife has been kind of putting the slides in, and, and Linda always has to make the slides. And I, 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 got, I got kind of reprimanded twice. Now, Linda and, and didn't really reprimand me, but you get, I mean, there's a lot of slides, okay? We got lots of scripture, okay? But... The scripture is not necessarily big and long. There's some shorter ones. So I know it's going to be longer today as far as all the scripture, but I really felt like it was important that we kind of looked at these things, especially as we really get this series going. I'm actually very excited about sharing this with you because, well, I, I, I'm, I'm going to, I got to go. Okay. So week two, word from the wise. Open your Bibles if you have them. We're going to start with a proverb, uh, kind of some, some reading that we're going to be kind of in, but we're also going to be throughout the entire book this morning. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 through 9, and then we're going to jump to verses 15 through 22. So here's what it says. It says, My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. Now let's jump verse number 15. My child, don't go along with them. Stay far away from their paths. They rush to commit evil deeds. They hurry to commit murder. If a bird sees a trap being set, it knows to stay away. But these people set an ambush for themselves. They are trying to get themselves killed. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. It robs them of life. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds among the main, along the main gate, or main street, and those gathered in front of the city gate. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Father, we come to you, and, and Father, this morning we ask that as we study these things, as we look at these things, Father, that you would give us wisdom. Father, that you would give us understanding. That, Father, you would give us knowledge. That, Father, as we look at these things, we would understand this tool that you've given us to live well and to live skillfully and to live with wisdom. Father, we ask that you just give us all these things. Open our hearts to your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Last week, we talked about this idea of of, of, of does any, I'm, I'm not, I, I was going to be mean. I was going to say, does anybody can tell me the word and pronounce it correctly? But I decided not to do that because I knew what I would do is if I said that, no one would say anything. Now, if the kids were here, the kids would have tried, you know. But I know as we get to be a little bit older, we tend to be a little more afraid. But we talked last week about the word hokmah. Hokmah, which is this idea of, of skill for living. Hokmah is the Jewish word that we really derive the word wisdom from. And, and we talked about last week, it's kind of we entered into this, this book of Proverbs. Proverbs is full of hokmah. A little bit about last week. The Proverbs give us more than just advice. They give us practical truth and a pattern that is useful for godly living. Okay, listen, this is something different for a lot of people. Like you look at the Proverbs and we, timid, we, we usually think of like a proverb that we would hear today. We kind of talked about that a little bit last week. Some of the Proverbs that we're, we're used to hearing, a penny saved is a penny earned. You know, those types of things. Well, the book of Proverbs is more than just advice. It's more than just those things. It literally is giving us 
practical truth and a pattern for how to live our lives, how God wants us to live our lives. It's a tool. And last week we talked about that tool, about this hokma that we see all throughout the book of Proverbs. Well, today, as we kind of begin to dive a little bit more into depth about the book of Proverbs, we're going to actually look at what I like to call the cast of characters. I don't know if any of you have ever been to a play or have been in a play. Um, you know, if you've been in church any length of time, you probably have seen a Christmas pageant or a Christmas play. And what do you get when you walk into one of those things? They hand you a program, right? Well, you open the program. And what's it always say on the program? The cast of characters and so it'll say this person is played by so and so and list all the people and so and so and so forth well in the book of proverbs solomon really and some of the other writers of proverbs give us a cast of characters they really do show us some individuals that we're going to focus in on now some of these characters there's eight that we're going to look at this morning some we're going to go through fairly quickly and some we're really going to spend a lot more time on. But really, if you, need, if you understand the cast of characters in Proverbs, it'll make a lot more sense. Because a lot of times as you're reading through Proverbs, you'll see things. And, and we're going to talk about these individuals this morning. But you're going to be like, well, I don't understand this. Why, why is this happening? Or why is this person speaking here or speaking out here? Well, if we understand who the cast of characters are, everything's going to make more sense. Okay, everything's going to come together a little bit closer. So we're going to look this morning at the cast of characters for Proverbs. We're going to look at, like I said, there's eight of them total. We're going to spend a little bit more, more time on certain ones and a little bit less time on others. But let's jump in here and let's look at some of these. The first cast of characters that we see, I'm going to kind of jump these together, is the idea of father and son. Father and son. In Proverbs 1, 8 through 10, we basically see this. And basically, we read it already. But if it's up there, can we throw that up? There it is. Listen, my son, your father's instruction. Listen to your father's instruction. And do not forsake your mother's teaching. I could have really put here basically father, mother, or parent. I just put father, son to kind of make it a little bit easier. So listen to your mother's teaching. They are, they are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. And so really in the book of Proverbs, what we see here is this kind of relationship between father and son that's being shared. Solomon here is writing and he's basically writing to his children. He's basically saying, listen, these are things you need to be aware of. You need to understand. It's, it's a very loving relationship. It's a very important relationship. It's kind of what, what unfortunately sometimes we miss in our society today or this idea of parents taking the wisdom that they have learned and experienced through God's word, through experience and all those things and imparting it over into others younger than they are. I know a lot. I thought I did. I thought that I had a deep understanding of life and experience. But here's what I've learned. Even though I could have been really smart or wise for my age, just the fact that I didn't have life experience, really, I didn't have a lot of hope. I thought I knew some stuff, but I didn't really have as much as I really wanted to. One of the things that, that God instituted on purpose was the family. For many, many reasons... One of them was this opportunity for a father or a mother to impart wisdom, direction, understanding, godly living to those small people that live in their house. What we see here is Solomon basically saying, my son, do these things. Now here, let me, let me stop us for a second. 
Just so we know, just so, because I know what happens when I start talking about parents being willing to impart some wisdom to their kids, okay? Solomon does not do everything he tells his son to do. Solomon is not perfect, far from it in a lot of ways. But listen, just because Solomon is imperfect doesn't mean that Solomon gets a pass to still not try his best to share the hokmah that he knows with his children. Okay? I've seen that before. Listen, I need you to help me as a youth pastor, basically, to help your child. I can't do that. Why not? I don't know. Or I messed up here. Listen, do you realize that you can teach your kids a lot from your mess-ups? Take that as an opportunity. You can sit down with your kids and say, listen, I know, don't do this. Well, well, mom and dad, how do you know not to do that? Because I did it, and this is the result. And you will not be any different. So we see this father-son relationship. One other thing that I learned as I was a child, not only did I think I knew everything, number two, did I not know everything, but here's number three, and this is also important, the things I did know were not really deep. Look in your notes. So what this father-son relationship is about is what, or what's, what's going on here is it's helping the hearer or helping the son or daughter think not short and shallow, but long and deep. You know what I've learned about younger people, myself included at the time, and I'm still maybe dealing with some of these things. I tend to make decisions and think based on shallow and short ideas. You know what I've learned about older people, wiser older people? They tend to understand things longer term and in deeper ways. I believe that God has called us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, to see things not in short, shallow ways, but in long, deep things. We see that in the life of Jesus. We know in Scripture that it says Jesus was able to endure the cross. Why? Because of the joy set before him. What does that mean? Simple. Jesus could understand things in a long, deep way. He knew this was going to hurt. He knew this was going to be hard. He knew it was not going to be easy to come down and become flesh for you and me and be crucified. But he also understood the long game. He understood what would be gained by what he did. Parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, whoever, listen, take opportunities to find kids, to find young people, and be able to help them not see things so short and shallow, but long and deep. It's important. So we see this, this relationship being coming out, and you'll see it throughout the book of Proverbs, where, where Solomon will say, son, listen to me. Hear your mother's teaching. Listen to what I'm saying. I think we as a family, as a church, a church here in Broomfield, but also the, the church around the world would learn and do well from making sure that we're doing all that we can to help young people understand not just short and shallow things, but deep and long things. The second character that we see is what I like to call Lady Wisdom. Lady Wisdom. We already read a little bit about Lady Wisdom, but let's continue. Proverbs 9. Uh, 1, 20 through 23. This is what it says. Wisdom shouts in the public streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds among, along the main street and those gathered in front of the city gates. 
How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. So what do we see here from Lady Wisdom? Lady Wisdom is, is out and about. She's in the crowd. She's with the people. She's moving around and she's making an appeal to them. And she's saying, listen, come, listen, stop walking the way you're walking. Don't, if you, you don't have to be simple. Be, be wise. You don't have to be a mocker. You don't have to be this way. You can come and learn from me and grow and experience me. And you can get wise and wise and wise. This idea of Lady Wisdom kind of walking around looking for those, calling out for those that will be willing to come and sit under her teaching, sit and learn from her. But not only do we see Lady Wisdom, but we also have to continue to see someone else that kind of helps us see both of them together. And that's the third person, or excuse me, the fourth person, which is Lady Folly. So we see Lady Wisdom and we see Lady Folly. We see about Lady Folly in Proverbs 9. Proverbs 9, 13 through 18. Folly, I love this. <laughs> I loved it. When I put some of these together, it was fun to basically choose what version of Scripture, and you're going to see in a little bit why, you know, it's fun to, to do that. But I love this in the NIV. Folly is an unruly woman. I don't know if you ever grew up, you know, your parents, you know, you know stay away from unruly women. I don't know, you know. <laughs> My pastor growing up used to say, you know, you don't, you don't cuss, you don't smoke, you don't drink, or go with girls that do. I mean, that's what I used to hear all the time. So, you know, I guess that's an unruly woman. I don't know. But Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She's simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, food eaten in secret is delicious, but little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. So here's Lady Folly, okay? And really to understand Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly, we need to do a little kind of look at them together and kind of understand. So, so in Lady Wisdom's case, where's Lady Wisdom at? She's among the people. She's walking around the streets. She's, she's at the gates. She's, she's, she's out and about reaching out to people, saying, listen, come, come to me. You don't need to be this way anymore. Wisdom can come. Hokma can come and help you to grow in your faith and your understanding of, of what's right and wrong and what God is and what God wants to do. But Lady Folly is not among the people. Lady Folly is at her house. And the scripture says not only is she at her house, but she's, she's seated at a highest place. And she's calling out too, but she's not kind of going around. She's kind of letting those that kind of wander by. Hey, what you doing? Now, yeah, come on in. Come on in. Come on in and see what, what I got for you. Come, you know, listen, what we're doing here is, is kind of a secret, kind of, kind of mysterious. Come on. Just sneak on in. But scripture says this, tells us that there's death there. Lady Wisdom is offering wisdom and life. And Lady Folly, although she's trying to be secretive about it, is peddling death. But not only that, I think this is interesting. 
as I was putting this together and I was studying this, I, I, I started going, wait a minute. I, I see some other characters that, that kind of represent a little bit of Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. I started thinking about, was there a guy that, that maybe, you know, he, he went among the people and, and he called out. And he, he didn't stay away and, and, and stay far away in a high place. No, he, he came down to where the people were. And he began to share life and wisdom and said, listen, you, you, don't, you don't have to live this way anymore. I have a better way. I have a way of life, not death. Lady Wisdom is Jesus, guys. You see so much of Jesus in Lady Wisdom. But then who's Lady Folly? Well, I know there's a story about an angel who said words like this, I will exalt myself to the highest place. I will call out to those that are simple. I'll call out and say, come on. Come on, nobody will know. Nobody will see what's done in secret. You can hide. You, 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 it's okay. I'm calling out. Come on, come on. Look at me, look at me, look at me. I've exalted myself to the highest place in the city. Lady Folly, Satan. Lady Folly is saying and selling the same things that the enemy says and sells to you and me. Lady Wisdom brings life and hokma and wisdom. Lady Folly brings folly and death. And so we begin to see these people. I, I put this because I thought this was a good way to help us see it. And listen, I'm not trying to be to mean to anybody. I'm not trying to belittle anyone. But if you look at scriptures, it's pretty clear. Okay? Listen, hear me here. You need to get this. Okay? It's in your notes. Lady Folly is looking for some people. And here's what she's looking for. She's looking for those with no boundaries and no brains. She's looking for people with no boundaries and no brains. You say, Aaron, I don't, I don't want to follow Lady Folly. Well, listen, it's real simple. Ready? Have godly boundaries and have some godly wisdom. If you can do those things, guess what? You're not going to go to Lady Folly's house. Because you're going to know, no, no, no. Things like it, that, that she's selling, you're not buying it. But those that don't have those things are ripe for the picking. Ripe for the picking. So we talked about father and son, lady wisdom, and lady folly. Now we're going to really kind of get, yeah, I know this is going to sound crazy because you're like, haven't we already got a little bit in depth? Now we're really going to get into depth, okay? And we're going to talk about the last four. But I want to break them down, three, group of three and a group of one. And, and really what I talk about first is what this idea of the terrible trio. The terrible trio. We see them listed in Proverbs 1.32. So let's look at that together. Proverbs 1.32 says this, How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? We're going to start by looking at the simple the simple today. We're going to look at the simple, we're going to look at the fool, we're going to look at the mocker, and then we're going to close by really looking at the last character that we see, which is the wise. But we're going to start with the simple. The simple is really someone who's very naive. Oh, wait, wait, let me stop. Okay, I, I meant to do this before and I forgot. Okay, let me stop here. Okay, I know I started the simple, we'll get back to it, but I really wanted to say this. Here's going to be your temptation over the next little bit of time. 
okay? Your temptation is going to be things like this. We're going to talk about the simple, the mocker, the, the fool. And you are going to have a very, very hard time not going, oh, I know exactly who the simple guy is. I, you know, I, I've met the simple. I, you know, I, you know my, I, got, I got an uncle who's the simple or the fool or the mocker, whatever. Listen, listen, I know that's hard to, to, to not do, okay? But I want you to do me a favor, okay? Don't try to figure out who in your life are these things. Let the Holy Spirit illuminate in your heart when you are these things, okay? I know that's hard because, again, it's much easier to point the finger at everybody else and go, and listen, as we talk about these things and we get in depth and we talk about more characteristics of these individuals, you are going to go, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. Do me a favor. Don't do it, okay? Best is your knowledge, or if you start to do it, catch yourself and instead say, Father, Please illuminate in me the times when I am this individual so that God can come. We talked about it last week and bring rebuke and bring correction to us, okay? So let's go back to the simple now. The simple is someone who's naive. They're, they're very easy to convince. They're just kind of, you know, they're kind of just like, you know, everything's good. Everything's fine. And here's the thing about the simple. The simple are not only good being simple. They're like happy go lark. They're, they're happy being simple. You know, it's like, I don't know if you've ever heard this, you know, but you know, they're, they're, they're just kind of just wandering through life and whatever, and everything's fine and good and, and they're just fine. But let's look at the simple a little bit more in depth. Again, these are going to be some quick verses that we're going to go through as we talk about the simple Proverbs 14, 15, it says the simple believe anything, but the prudent give thoughts to their steps. Basically what they're saying is the simple doesn't care. If they step in something, doesn't matter. I don't know if it's about you, but if you have dogs at home and your dogs go out in the backyard to take care of business, you're a little more careful where you step. The simple, ah, don't care. If I step in it, doesn't matter. The simple is like that. Number two, the Proverbs 132. Proverbs 132, for the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. There's just a waywardness about them. There's just, oh, it just, it's just, oh, it doesn't matter. It's okay. Proverbs 27, 12. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. A simple person just doesn't look ahead. Remember we talked about this with the father and son? The simpleton looks at life short and shallow. They don't see what could be around the bend. They don't do and they don't live their lives in a way where they're aware of their surroundings and aware of what could take place. We're going to do this for each of these as we continue on. But here's the deal. If you correct the simple person, they will laugh at you. So you come to them and you go, listen, you're living this way. It's not what you should be doing. God has something more for you. You don't have to be simple. You can have hokuma. You can have wisdom. And you begin to share that with them. And you know what they do? They laugh at you. They're like, oh, isn't that cute? <laughs> you, you really think there's truth? You really think there's a right and wrong? You really think there's a right way to live and a wrong way? Oh, aren't you adorable? That's kind of their attitude. It's kind of their thought when you come and you, you try to help them, you correct them, as again we talked about last week. But here's the deal. In all of these, I'm going to give you a solution, okay? Because here's the deal. Sometimes we're all these things, so when you find yourself or find others 
that are kind of living a life of simplicity in this way, I want to give you a solution for all of them. The solution for the simple is time. Sometimes it's just time. They have to get some more experience. God has to work on their heart a little bit. God wants to use you to help them. But listen, it's going to take time. Okay? It's going to take some time. So listen, when you're dealing with a simple individual, it's not go in, smack them over the head and run away. It's over time and time and time. Listen, please understand me. I'm not trying to be belittling in any way, but I was a youth pastor for 15 years. You know, I used to say about being a youth pastor, the worst thing about being a youth pastor, just when you got the kids where you really, really liked them, they graduated. You know why? Because they they were kind of simple at times. And as they were growing, that took time. But as they were growing in that time, they become less simple and more wise. Okay? Let that be an encouragement to you. Whether if you're dealing with a simple sometimes person or sometimes you are that way. Number two, or the second in the the terrible trio, we're going to talk about the fool. The fool. I've often said this about the fool. If the fool, and I think you'll understand, if the fool was an animal, the fool would be a donkey. Okay, now I grew up in Missouri, and I don't know if you know much about Missouri, but there is an old saying, is someone that is as stubborn as a Missouri mule, okay? So I I am a stubborn individual. I come by it naturally, I guess, but this is what a fool is. Sometimes they're very, very stubborn. But let's, let's look a little bit deeper into what Scripture tells us about the fool. Proverbs 12, 15. It says, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. You know what a fool does? A fool is the type of person that says, I'm right, you're wrong, and I'm not even going to listen to what you have to say because I'm always right. That's a fool. Listen, hear what the scripture says, folks. That is foolish. That is a fool's reaction to things. Listen, I'm not saying, and scripture isn't saying that we shouldn't stand up for what we believe in and know what God's word says and stand upon it. But listen, there's a lot of times in our lives where we need the wisdom of others. And if we're thinking we're always right, we're never going to listen to maybe what God is wanting to communicate to us through others or even through his word. A lot of times the fool, they'll look at scripture and go, no, I like this way. I want it to be this way and I'm going to do it this way. Well, God's word says this. I don't care. I'm as stubborn as a Missouri mule. This is what I want. Secondly, Proverbs 15, 12. Proverbs 15, 12. Is it there? It's okay. There's not a Proverbs 15, 12? I have my Bible. No big deal. I said, there's a lot of verses. You know what I hate about onion pages? They never turn when you want them to. Proverbs 15, 12. I'm going to get there, I promise. There it is. It says, fools hate to be corrected. Wait a minute. No, I'm sorry. 1416. Did I say something different? I'm sorry. Is it 1416 up there? Thank you. That's my fault. That is totally my fault. It says, the wise are cautious and avoid danger. Fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence. Not only am I right, I'll show you I'm right. And it doesn't matter what happens on the other end of this. There is 
recklessness. There is this idea of problems. Look at Proverbs 10, 21. It says, the words of the godly encourage many, but fools are destroyed by their lack of common sense. Yeah? Yeah, You've heard me say this. I've said it many, many times. You know what's not very common in our world today? Common sense. Common sense. The fool, they they, they lack sense. They're just kind of doing what they want to do. It doesn't matter what takes place from there moving forward. And then this one, Proverbs 14, 24. It says this, the wealth of the wise is their crown, but the folly of fools yields folly. Now, here's the deal, okay? I was looking at this, and I was like, what is it? Fool, you know, fools of the folly, what what is it really here? And so anytime I use this translation, because it is a paraphrase, I always want to have more of a traditional translation, but, but I really like this translation in the message, okay? Look what it says in the message, Proverbs 14, 24, throw that up there. It says, the wise accumulate wisdom, fools get stupider by the day. (laughs) I thought that was great. I don't know if stupider is correct. Uh, English, I'm sure someone could tell me or or let me know. But I thought that was just awesome. You know, fools are stupider by the day. It's like they kind of look at life and they're like, you know, hey, listen, you think I'm dumb now. (laughs) Just wait till tomorrow. You haven't seen nothing yet, you know what I mean? And that's kind of this concept and kind of this idea of of the fool. Here's the deal. If if you try to correct the fool, they'll ignore you. They'll just ignore you. They're like, you know, I don't don't need that. I'm not interested in, in, in what God says. I'm not interested in what you say. I'm not interested in any of those things. They just kind of ignore the wisdom and the truth that, 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 that want to happen. The solution for the fool, unfortunately, is tragedy. It's usually tragedy. God will allow something. Now, hear, hear me here. God does not bring it, but God will allow at times in the life of a fool something difficult and hard to help them to understand that they're living that way. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever met somebody? Maybe you're this way. And again, I'm not trying to, to, to talk down or anything like that, but I'm just, I want you to be honest. Where it just seems like their life is just one tragedy after another. You, you ever met people like that? It's just like one thing after another. You know, sometimes I would say, maybe in those situations, maybe they need to look, they may be living a very foolish life. Because maybe it's, maybe sometimes the things that they're doing are causing tragedy, or maybe it's things that God is allowing in their lives to help them to come back to him and to experience him on a more personal level. You see, here's the thing. God will allow tragedy in your life to wake you up. He just will. Because he understands what's really important is not necessarily this life, but the life to come. And so if your life is full all the time of tragedy, it may be something where God is trying to get your attention. He's using those things to say, hey, listen, you're living a foolish life. You're doing things without understanding. You're stubborn. You're hot-headed. You lack sense. You're ignorant. And I want to use this to help you to not be that way. The third of the terrible trio is the mocker. The mocker. And here's the thing about the mocker, to be honest with you. The mocker is kind of the fool and the simpleton rolled into one times 20. Okay? The mocker, that's why I wanted to kind of do the mocker last, even though Scripture lists it in the middle. The mocker is, is a lot of things that aren't good. Look at, with me, Proverbs 21, 24. 
It says the mockers are proud and haughty. They act with boundless arrogance. They know it all. And not only do they know it all, they, they walk around with, with this air of superiority. This air of like, how dare you even look in my general direction? I'm so much higher than you are. Unfortunately, we can see that both in the church and in outside of the church. But this idea of arrogance, this idea of, I know all these things. Next, Proverbs 15, 12. It says, mockers resent correction, so they avoid the wise. They hate correction so much that they won't even get around you. They'll stay away from you because they don't even want to hear about it. They don't want to hear about the wisdom that maybe God has shared with you. You ever met somebody and, and basically God's doing something great in your life and you're excited and you want to share it. You begin to share it and they just basically, I, I don't want to hear about that. I don't care about that. I don't have any desire to hear about that. Or that's great for you, but just, just, just stop. They, they don't even want to be around it. So they, it repels them. This is a big one. Look at this one, Proverbs 14, 9. It says, fools mock at making amends for sin, but goodwill is found among the upright. You know what that really is saying? To a mocker, they literally laugh at redemption. You ever met somebody like that? Where you say, I want to tell you about the story of Jesus. I want to tell you about what he has done and how he saved me from my sin and all these things. And a mocker just laughs at that. That's just so ridiculous to them. Why would, why would you even consider yourself a sinner? Why would you even listen to this God? Why would you even care what he says or what he says is right or wrong? They laugh. They mock redemption. And then Proverbs 9, 7, 8a says, whoever corrects a mocker, listen to this, invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Now listen, this is some strong language here and we're going to know why in just a minute. But what scripture is telling us is basically, look, when somebody gets to this place, their heart is so hard to the things of God, Scripture is basically saying, don't even try to correct them. Don't even try to go there. I mean, this is massive, okay? But there is hope, so hold on. But this is what Scripture is saying about the mocker. This is the type of individual that we're dealing with. That's why I'm saying, listen, this is fool and, and simple, wrapped up times 20. Okay? Their heart is so hard to the things of God that it says, listen, if you try to do something, if you try to rebuke them, they'll, it, it, they will only insult you. They'll, only, they'll go off on you, basically. That's really what we go to the next thing. If you try to correct a mocker, they'll ridicule you. They'll ridicule you. Okay, So it's hard. It's tough. When you find someone in your life or even when you are in this place in your life, it's a tough place. It really is. But there is a solution. Here it is. The solution for the mocker is a touch from God. Listen to what I said. It's not a touch from you. It's a touch from God. When we get to that mocker place, there is such anger. There is such bitterness. There is such arrogance. There is such just, just so many things that they're not without hope, but God is the one that's going to have to do it. Now, God could use you to, to help in that process, and we should desire that. 
But listen, it's something where God grabs a hold of their heart and does something absolutely life-changing in them. There's no, there's no, no hope here, okay? But this is where God does it. And here's the thing, listen. It's great when God gets a hold of a simple person or a normal person or a fool or whatever, you know, and, it, and it's awfully cool when, when God gets a hold of a mocker. But there is hope for all of us. We need to understand that. The last person we want to talk about this morning is the wise. Is the wise. Who is this individual? Obviously the terrible trio. We're not wanting to be those individuals. So, so now we're going to get an idea of what someone with, with chokma is. How they're living their lives. Look at it with me. The wise. Proverbs 1.5. Proverbs 1.5 says, let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. Listen, a wise person is a teachable person, okay? A wise person is a teachable person. And here's how, listen, let me give you a real quick, because a lot of these, when you think about the simpleton, the fool, the mocker, they don't listen and they're not teachable, okay? And the wise person is. Let me help you to give you a little litmus test of how to know where you're at on this. Are you ready? Okay, if you can receive teachable, uh, basically teachable things, and I'm going to take it one step further, because we're going to look at this in a second, okay, because the wise is going to do this as well, but also correction from someone that is half your age, then you're teachable. So you say, okay, I'm, I'm 60 years old. Okay, great. I'm not, thank, thankfully. No, I mean, anyway, I'm not, but 60 year old. And a 30-year-old comes to you and says, hey, listen, I've been noticing some of these areas in your life and I'm really concerned about it. Will you listen? Or will you go, how dare you? I'm 60 years old. I've been saved longer than you've been alive, buster. How about this? You're 14. Would you take correction from a 7-year-old? How about this? You're 44. It's oh, hard to say. Would I take correction from a nine-year-old? The wise will. The wise will not get hung up on the individual or the person that God uses to bring the correction, the truth, or the message. Instead, they will look at what is being brought to them and allow it to chance, transform their life. Okay? The wise is a teachable person from anyone. Look at Proverbs 10.8. There's another one. The, heart in wa the, the wise in heart accept commands, but a chattering fool comes to ruin. Listen, hear me here. The wise can have authority over them and are okay with it and, and enjoy it even. The wise like it. Why? Because it helps them grow even wiser. The wise can handle direction and encouragement. Listen, here's, here's, here's something. Listen, if you're the type of person that basically somebody says, hey, listen, this is what I need you to do, and, and, and you won't listen, you want to do it your own way, there may be a little bit of lack of wisdom there. Okay? So a wise person receives direction. I love this one. Look at Proverbs 13, 14. The instruction of the wise is like life-giving fountain. 
Those who accept it avoid the snares of death. Listen, the wise is a person that gives life, but listen, also receives life. If you are a life-giving person, you're a wise person. The last one, we're going to talk a lot more about this later on in the series, but look at Proverbs 12, 24. Proverbs 12, 24. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. The wise person is diligent. The wise person isn't lazy. The wise person is, is not, and, and listen, we usually think about diligent and lazy as far as maybe working or doing something with your hands. But listen, you realize that you could be, you can be diligent or lazy intellectually or how you study God's word, how you pray, how you worship, how you live life. The wise person allows those things to come. Listen, if you correct a wise person, they'll thank you. If you correct a wise person, they'll thank you for it because they understand what it produces in their life. And listen, the solution for the wise is always truth because that's what they hunger for. They hunger for the truth and the righteousness that is found in God's word. You want to grow even wiser? Go to the truth. Go to God's word. Go to the Father. Go to the one that said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That is the solution to grow even wiser. That is the solution to wherever you're at on that wise or hokma spectrum to grow even more so. Find the truth. Go to the truth and allow the truth to make you, transform you into more of who God wants you to be. So important. We're going to close by moving on to the New Testament because I think it's important that we see the holistic nature of Proverbs with the New Testament. And, and here's the thing, look at it with me. 1 Corinthians 1.30. 1 Corinthians 1.30 is an interesting verse. But listen to what it says. It says, it is because of Him, Him being Jesus, that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. Okay? Who has come? Jesus has come. What has He become to us? Wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness and redemption here's the thing as i was kind of looking at these things one of the things that i've been doing obviously if this if you don't know is is basically i've been looking at all the scripture that i can find that talks about hokma or talks about wisdom or whatever and i was looking at this verse this week and i was going oh my goodness this is this is interesting here there's something here that kind of connects with this idea of, of the fool and the simple and and and, and all these individuals like god are you are you trying to show me something i haven't seen before god are you trying to make something listen i think it's really important that we see this because I don't want you to walk out of here going, oh man, you know, sometimes I'm simple or I'm a fool or, I'm, or maybe I'm a mocker and I don't know if there's hope for me. I don't know what I need to do or I don't know how to change or all these things. Listen, it is here in 1 Corinthians. Thousands of years later, the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Corinth and he says basically, listen, Jesus becomes our wisdom. He becomes our hokma. He becomes to show us that tool, that skill for living. But even more than that, look what that is encapsulated in this and it's in your notes. Listen, the answer for the simple is righteousness. The answer for the simple is righteousness. The answer for the fool is holiness. And the answer for the mocker is redemption. Thousands of years later, through the power of God's word, 
He says, you remember those sayings a long time ago, way back in Proverbs, where I talked about these individuals that were far from me, the simple and the fool and the mocker. Listen, through Jesus, because of who He is, the wisdom that He brings, He can bring an answer to every single one of those individuals. You say, I, I can't be wise. I can't live with hope. Yes, you can. Not because of who you are, but because of who Jesus is. Look, the remedy for our foolishness is wisdom, which is ultimately found in Jesus. Why does our world have so much information and so little wisdom? Because our world has been, has so, let's just be honest, so little Jesus. You go, Aaron, I'm a fool, I'm simple, I'm a mocker. What's the answer? Listen, really, you know what the answer basically is for everything? It's Jesus. It's Him. Listen, I'm not the answer. Your mom and dad aren't the answer. The guy that you think is so wise that you read his theology books isn't the answer. Jesus is the answer. Wisdom, righteousness, holiness, redemption is found in Him and in no one else. We try so hard to find these things in others. But listen, hear me. Hear my heart in this. If you are looking in other places, you are nothing more than a fool. You're nothing more than living a life of folly. You're no more, you're a mocker. You say, Aaron, that's kind of harsh. Listen, I, I'm sorry. This is what God's word says. But he doesn't just say that about you and walk away. He's saying, here's the answer. Here's the hope. Here's what I can come to bring you what you need. The question is, will you receive it or not? you be the wise that says wisdom is found in Jesus? Or will you look for it in other ways and other things? Trying to find it in your own way. It's here and it's available. There's so many characters that we could talk about and listen, as we get more and more into Proverbs, you're going to see these characters pop up throughout you're going to see the Father, Son. You're going to see Lady Wisdom saying great things. You're going to see Lady Folly. And you're going to go, good, good Lord. You're going to see the fool, the mocker, the wise, the simple. But here's the answer for all of it. It's Jesus. You say, Aaron, how do I live a wise life? Listen, I, I think we all could be wiser, right? I don't think any of us have been like, you know, I think I've got my wise quota. I'm done. I don't think any of us are there. I think all of us need more hope. I think all of us need more skill for living. I think all of us need more of that. You know what we really need? When you strip it all away, we just need more Jesus. However much Jesus you got in your life, he wants to give you more. He wants to give you more of who he is. He wants to, he wants to work in your life to pull away some of these things and, and replace them with the things of God. It's what he wants. Listen, can you do me a favor? It's real easy in a message like this to get hooked on to this fool and simple and all these things. Listen, the bottom line is simple and the bottom line is easy and the bottom line is we just all need more of Jesus. Whether you haven't ever accepted him or whether you did a long, long time ago, whether you're living a life of wisdom and hokma or you're living a life that is not, 
that, we all need Jesus. This world needs Jesus. Our families need Jesus. Our churches need Jesus. Our schools need Jesus. Our workplaces need Jesus. Our government needs Jesus. We just need more of him. And what's great about that is when Jesus comes, he brings so many things that change everything. We've been focusing in on wisdom, but he brings peace, joy, mercy, grace, goodness, all these things he comes to offer. We talked about it earlier. We talked about the idea of Lady Wisdom. Lady Wisdom is a lot like Jesus as we see him in the Gospels. He's, he's out among the people. He's moving and he's communicating and he's sharing. And Jesus told us that he was going to go away, but as he went away, he was going to bring a comforter. And so today, in a lot of ways, the Holy Spirit is that individual that is calling out to the crowds. He's calling out, come, come. Those that are simple, you don't have to be simple anymore. Those that are living a life of foolishness, there's something more and something better. Those that are mockers, God can touch your heart and change you from the inside out. He's calling. But there's someone else that's calling too, that's high and puffed up. And here's what I've learned. Depending on whose call you answer will, will, will kind of show what your life will kind of be like. If you're answering wisdom's call, you're going to find wisdom begin to flourish in your life and everything that it brings. But if you follow Lady Folly's call, you'll see all the things that she brings which ultimately will lead to death. The answer, or the question really is, whose call will you answer? Because listen, every person on this planet has to answer one of the calls. And it's so important that we answer the right way. So Father, we come to you this morning, and Father, we just look to you. God, as we have looked at in the book of Proverbs, we've looked at these characters, we've looked at these individuals, we've seen the differences and the similarities, we've seen the patterns that kind of begin to emerge when we talk about the terrible trio, and then we, we see the patterns that emerge and we talk about wisdom and, and, and Lady Folly and Lady Wisdom, all these things, Father, it, we're, we're seeing an a, a interesting path, we're seeing an interesting pattern in a lot of ways, in one grouping, the terrible trio and, and Lady Folly, we see this wide road. Many find it, but ultimately it leads to death and destruction. And then on this other side, we see Lady Wisdom and the wise person, and we see a narrow path, a hard path, a path that isn't found by many, but it leads to life. And Father, what's amazing is no matter where we are at, we need more of you. So God, if we are an individual, and again, as we talked about this and tried our best to not 
not say, well, this person's this or this person's that, but as we've looked at ourselves, if we, as we have allowed your Holy Spirit to illuminate areas, Father, if there are areas in our life where we can see the creeping in of the simple or the fool or the mocker, Father, I pray that you would continue to illuminate that to us. We would understand your rebuke and your correction in that, and we would begin to work to become more like you and allow you to change us. We would look to you to be our guide and our directional compass, as it were, as we walk down this path. Father, if we are doing a good job right now and we're living a life of wisdom, that God, it would just increase in us. But Father, the final thing is maybe those that really have never really answered either call. And they're going, you know, I, I want to answer the call of Jesus. And for those individuals, Father, that they would know that to answer that call is very simple. Scripture teaches us that as we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So, Father, for those online or here this morning that, that say, you know what, I want to answer Jesus' call. I want to live my life in that way, that, Father, even now, they would begin to pray that prayer. They would begin to say, Father, I know that I've messed up. I know that I haven't lived my life up to your standard. And Father, I know because of that, I've been separated from you. But I also know that because Jesus came and he died and he rose again, that now I can be welcomed back home into your family. So, so God, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that He died for my sins and that He can forgive me of those sins. I believe that He is exactly who He says He is. He is Lord, He is Savior, and I accept His grace, His love, and forgiveness in this moment. And I know because of that, because I believe and I've confessed that I'm saved, that now I have been removed from the path that leads to death and destruction and been placed on the path that leads to life. Father, no matter where we are this morning, God, I pray that we would hear your call once again or for the first time and allow it to change us from the inside out. You're so good. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, listen. I want to thank you for being here this morning. Um, I want to thank those that are online. Hey, we love you. We miss you. We hope that you're doing well. Remember, ladies, the uh, group study is this Thursday. And remember, everybody, in about three weeks or so, maybe my, my, my dates are wrong, the 30th of July is the, the, the freedom, debt freedom class that we're having. A lot going on. Don't want you to miss it. Again, thank you for being here. Hope that you have a wonderful week. If you need anything, please let us know. We love you and we thank you. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.